0: It's time for the only podcast on Earth with two Major League Baseball All-Stars, Jason Kendall, Dimitri Young, who is here. What's up, Dimitri?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How about yourself? you good. One four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty. One <laughs> man, the myth, the legend, the rock rancid man, Lars Fredrickson. <laughs> Rock Rancid, man? Rock <laughs> Rancid, man.
2: We got fucking, we got fucking Willie Mac on here tonight, which we're all very excited about, Dennis, and you're calling me Rock Rancid, man? Hey,
0: listen, <laughs> I, each week I'm trying to craft something for you, okay? Let let, let me work it out as we go. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Go back to the drawing board. I will. No large, no that one. <laughs> and then you're going to start. <laughs> the Canadian destroyer himself, P.D. Williams. How's she
3: going, eh? And the best producer in the business, Dennis?
0: Stop guys. Dimitri, I want to give this honor to you because you've been compared to this man so many times by Matt Stryker. Honor's yours. Oh, man. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Our guest tonight is none other than the NWA, former NWA National Heavyweight Champion, the former Impact X Division Champion, None other than my little brother, <laughs> Chocolate Thunder. not. yeah, yeah. On uh, Willie,
4: representing South Central in the house. All yeah, my um, uh, wrestling fans and music fans and sports fans. We are gonna have some fun. That's
0: right, Willie. I gotta tell you, uh, this is the second time P D and I have got to sat down and talk to you. The rest of these guys are gonna find out how amazing you are. I Lars and Dimitri are probably your two biggest fans and each week we you your name comes up on the podcast and to watch these two guys light up when they found out you were coming on lars even you know moved some stuff around in his schedule to make sure he was here which we're very thankful that you are here lars so guys let's let's start with the questions i want to start this off with you are one of the few guys that grew up a super duper wrestling fan i i remember a story you were telling us that you've you've been seeing pd wrestle many different times he came up and was like oh yeah what show were you on with me and you're like no i was in the front row you go from front row to shows to being in the ring was that kind of a, a, an adjustment where there's a code that you have to act cool and not mark out when you see these guys? And here you are going from waiting by the park cars to get autographs to now being in the back room with these guys?
4: Well, it wasn't really an adjustment for me. I didn't really give a damn because it's like, hey, it's Petey fucking Williams. I'm going to go up in there and say what's up to him. And now I'm in the locker room with him. It's like I still got that kid in me because I'm always had it to the day I die. But then you know when it's time to go to business, you are like, gotta suck this in, do this match real quick after that. Man, that shit was fucking dope. Hell yeah, russell PD Williams, dog.
3: <laughs> you know what, Willie? <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I remember uh when we finally like shared a locker room. Do you remember what it was? It was House of Hardcore. Tommy on- yep. me, you, and uh I think uh Matt Cross, right? M Dog? Me, you, and yeah, M Dog. Yeah, and hell of a match. And I I remember seeing ya and I, I didn't know much about you all right so this this leads me to my question so i, I look at you you're a big dude you know you're not typical like cruiserweight you, you know like small guy you're a big dude so how did you start figuring out like hey I want to be like a cruiserweight and like do that style like how did you figure all that kind of stuff out
4: well, I should have started off being a fan. You look at the big dudes go up in there they think you're going to be slow and clunky, but I'm looking at Rey Mysterio's and Psychosis and stuff like that. And I'm like, huh, I know I'm big. I wonder, could I pull it off? So I did some flips, ran around. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put this in my repertoire. And here we are today.
3: So who is like an inspiration for you, like of a big man? Like, okay, so I'll tell you a guy that wasn't the typical cruiserweight size that I saw first doing like flips and stuff was ruckus, you know, ruckus from CZW. All right. So, I mean, who, who was your inspiration of like, Hey, I I could do this kind of stuff.
4: Oh, ruckus was one and two cold Scorpio. Yeah, That's that's one dude. I wanted to wrestle. And I'm like, damn, he up there doing all this crazy stuff way before it was like popular in the U S and I'm like, huh, I want to be like that.
1: Hey, hey, Willie, I, I've been watching you since you was on Lucha Underground, but I want to get into what you were into before because I was looking at some of your stuff. You had matches with Keith Lee, who's doing, he's a big guy like yourself doing all that stuff. Yeah. I just want to know about, you know, what got you into wrestling outside of the fan, being a fan and stuff. Did you play football or anything? Where'd your athleticism come from? Mom, pops, a relative?
4: I'm black, so I'm gifted.
1: (laughs) I can (laughs) relate. But but
4: besides that, yeah, I was like an active fat kid. So I played football, baseball, volleyball, ran track and field and all the other good shit. And I'm like, once I got to college, because I never played like sports in high school. I said, forget it. I went straight to college and did that thing and learned how to work out and what I was supposed to do. But then I got into wrestling. I'm like, you know what? Fuck working out. I'm just going there and see what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can they be like, Willie, you don't work out? I'm like, no.
3: I knew it. You bastard. I'm like, it ain't my fault. Really,
0: happened. Willie?
3: You're not on the gas, man? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, right? <laughs> nah. That ain't for me.
2: One of the things, you know, when I first uh, saw you and was made aware of you, I think is when I I was was on a pro wrestling gorilla DVD. And I think it was a match with you and Kevin Steen. Is that correct?
4: Yeah. I wrestled that fool twice.
2: Yeah. 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 But I remember, you know, seeing you back then and, you know, you guys have sort of similar bodies and you also move a lot alike in some ways. I think you're a little bit more agile. I'll give you that because you're here and he's not, but, um, uh, (laughs) What, but one of the things, like I wanted to kind of go back to what PD was saying, it's 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 when you when you when you in your mind when you do these moves and and you're thinking about becoming like sort of a more of a high flyer kind of thing, is it a mental thing to kind of get over for yourself, or is it more of just like you know shoot and holler shit?
4: Mm, I'll just go with the flow because it's like can I do this backflip still? Let me try it out. Oop, oh, there it is. All right. I guess I'm using it <laughs> and shit like that. Cause it's like, you never know when you're going to get that chance to try to do it again. If I fuck up, I fuck up. But if I pull it off, great gifts.
5: <laughs> Point Willie. I know. I think you mentioned it is your speed. Like when you go corner to corner for a big man, it, it, it literally like, is like watching somebody running a four-two or four-three forty. It's like from me because you're so big, but you, that makes sense, Ray Mysterio. How about yourself? Because you have so many moves, bro. Do you have a favorite when you get on the top rope that like you're like hoping that the whoever you're wrestling with is as up to your caliber to be able to pull off these moves? Do you have a favorite either on the top or? You know, one of the chocolate thunders. Is it better to get bombed or driven? That's all Um, I got to
4: know. Well, maybe. Actually, all my shit is pretty good, but I like the six-star frog splash. I call it the six-star because it's one star better than RVD's old ass. He cool, though, but that's still the
5: (laughs) I love it, dude. See, I I I think that as a wrestling fan... To to know what you love to do and the fact that you're pulling because you're just in there and you like you said you can wrestle everybody and is it easier wrestling a bigger guy or a smaller guy or does it just depend on the the talent and more reps you have or um guys you fought because I've been watching you fight John Morrison and Brian Cage and you know one's athletic more of a flyer one's just a, more of a monster like yourself but it's just you know, such great matches. What's the Mm -hmm. key? What's the key?
4: Uh, Adaptability, because, you know, John Morrison, he going to run around, the smaller dudes going to run around, want to do all this flippy shit. Brian Cage, Keith Lee, they want to do like some power stuff. So it's like, all right, you go in, you just got to be like putty and be like, all right, when I'm going to mow with this today. Be like, all right, we're going to do power shit and a little bit of speed. And that's how I go with it in my mind. I don't try to overthink too much.
0: Listening to other wrestlers and interviews and the people we've had on the show, I've I've come to find that there's a difference between the guy who has trained you and the guy who has taught you the psychology of wrestling. And I'm more interested to find out who taught you the psychology of wrestling because when I see a Willie Mac match, it is one of the most. There's no wasted movement in a wow. Willie Mac match. That's one of those you see wrestlers and they go out there. And, and you go, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? But when I watch a Willie Mack match, it all makes sense. Every move, a finger wag, a step, it, it's, it's all meant something. Who taught you that aspect of wrestling?
4: Actually, I learned that shit on my own from watching wrestling and from real life situations. Because it's like, if I'm getting punched, you know how a punch really feels. So it's like, fuck, okay. Like some people will go through the match and forget about what happened earlier, but like you see me step, like if somebody was messing with my leg, I'll take that step, go to pick them up. You see me shake it a little bit, it's like fuck. So they realize, oh, that pain's still there from what happened earlier. It's like little shit like that makes a difference because I want to keep the realism in it.
2: Wow. Yeah, that psychology that you bring is 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 definitely noticeable, you know, in into the ring. Now, do you find it a little bit different now with the psycho- psychological aspect of wrestling that you're basically wrestling in front of no, no fans? I mean, in the, in the arena, I mean, is it a little bit harder or are you just kind of just doing the same kind of stuff or do you think about it is what I'm asking?
4: No, nah, not really because when I was trained, like once I got into fucking TV wrestling, they teach you, it's not about the fans in the arena you're wrestling for so the people at home on TV. So I'm keeping that in the back of my head. Be like, all right, I know it's four or five cameras around me. I got to find each and every one of those at some point and let them know, fuck, this is what's happening. Mm.
1: Wow. Hey, hey, Willie, I wanted to know about your relationship with Rich Swan. We had him on and, and because we talked to him, I was begging that we get to talk to you as well. So, I mean, he had nothing but great things to say about you.
4: Uh, well relationship with me and Juan is we homies, we down for life because we came up in the same situation. Like he was an orphan and I was in the foster care system since I was three months old and got emancipated at 18. So we was going through the struggle, but we had the one thing in common we love was pro wrestling. And I met him way back, like 2010 at a PWG show. He just came from Japan. Cause he like, Something happened where, like, he couldn't make the show in L.A., and he was just hanging around, and I walked up into him like, hey, you Rich Swann? Like, yeah, man, how you doing? And we just chopped it up (laughs) until, like, it was time to do the show, and we hung out after, and we've been friends ever since.
1: It shows when we watch Impact, and, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah,
4: I know it's tough. Everybody like, oh, Willie Mack going to turn on Rich Swann. Why we can't just be homies? I'm not like that. It happens all the time in all kind of wrestling companies. It's like, let us be.
1: Yeah, Not- you know what? That's exactly what we talked about, too, is we hope that they don't, you know, if y'all have a match against each other, it's just a friendly.
4: Yeah, we had one before. Like, he was my first singles match in Impact after Bound for Glory 2018, and I'm like, hey, we're going to go in there and do this thing, and it ain't going to be no hard feelings after. We're just going out there showing these people what they missing in the world. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's awesome, Willie. Um, so going okay, I want to go back to the first time I met you. Um, so I, I was I, I see you, you know, and sometimes you judge a book by its cover, right? Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I don't know this guy. I, like I never wrestled you. this guy. I heard you're good. Um, and we were with M Dog. Mm. And I said, you know, and we're calling the match, and you know, your facial expressions and the ring and stuff are phenomenal, okay. But you're also doing them backstage too. And I'm sitting there like, Matt, is he is he getting all this? He's like, Oh, yep, he's straight, he's good. And I didn't believe um Matt one bit. So have you ever have you ever met somebody for the first time? Okay, maybe haven't seen you wrestle or know what you're capable of or anything, kind of like me. And they kind of second guessed you. And then uh has that been a, like an issue before? And then secondly, after the match, have they ever been like man, if I would have known you could have did all that, I would have done it with you, like that kind of thing.
4: Yep. Okay. Way <laughs> like 2007, I Russell Brent Albright.
3: He oh, yeah, was for yeah. the
4: NWA Showcase Classic or some shit like that. And he caught the match and did his thing, and we was doing some shit. And it was just like the TV tapers. I had another match later and I went out there and busted out my shit. You're like, man, if I knew you could do all that shit, we would have put it in the match. I'm like, hey, you don't want to tell me what to do. So I'm like, fuck it. You've been in the business longer than me, so I'm going to let you go ahead and steer the boat. You're the captain. I am the captain now. That's how it was. That's what you're getting.
3: (laughs) That's good. That's that's very respectful on your part, though. But I mean, sometimes you just got to be like, you know, and I hate that, Willie, like i'll ask the question in a second but i hate that because you know i would wrestle like you know big names and stuff like that and they wouldn't want to do anything it's like oh, i just want to collect mm-hmm. a paycheck or anything like that who is like the the first like name you've ever wrestled
4: mm-hmm. i guess it'll be brent albright it but was. then after that i wrestled christopher daniels
1: oh, it was Mr. fun wow. as fuck
3: doctor can go still
2: oh yeah <laughs> man. he's like
3: 100 years old and he can still go
2: all right yep well you I mean you've been in the tag team, obviously division uh, for a lot of your career and also the singles and and, and I know it's two different mentalities but I'm, I'm a tag team guy that's like my favorite kind of wrestling and uh, I love seeing you know just the the dynamic between the partners and and the chemistry. and mm-hmm. uh, what did what do you do you do you prefer one or the other? and I know it's two different kinds of thought and all that and but do you prefer one or, or the other?
4: Well, when everybody come up saying you're gonna be a wrestler, everybody want to get that singles push. But then you get the tag team part. You be like, "Damn, that's pretty cool too," because you get the rest more than you do in a singles match. <laughs> people don't realize.
2: Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I
4: ain't with this tag team stuff. I'm like, oh,
5: uh-huh. is
4: it time for that comeback yet, dog? Go ahead, tag. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I think that Willie, uh, one of the things talking about culture and and with, I guess they say the forbidden door or whatever, but a lot of us here, like me, Petey, and Dennis, watch Talking Shop of Mania, one and two, and stuff like that. Can you talk about that experience? Because as the wrestling fans who love storylines and see that not only who, who are boys, but like what it's all about, you know, to get it. We absolutely
4: love it. Can you talk about doing that? Hey, that shit was fun. I like just going in, going in the doc's house and getting a little COVID test and all that gimmick done and just hanging around, chilling with the homies. And all right, you got this match tonight. Are you doing this spot? I'm like, all right, cool. And then just to sit back and watch everything come together. It's just a bunch of big dudes just having fun. And that's what wrestling's supposed to be all about. Like, storylines is cool, but, like, sometimes you just need some fun in your life, especially in these fucked up-ass times
5: we got going. Can Did it come out for us as fun as it was to make for you guys? Yeah,
4: I guess even better because we had to sit through the whole thing. Yeah, and y'all just got the chopped and screwed version just straight out there. We was up there <laughs> straight up in the diggity with bugs and shit flying around. I'm hearing, hearing weird-ass noises sound like sprinklers, but I wasn't It was some cicada bugs. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker, that sh- I was like, oh, I guess it's time to go back inside the house.
5: No, nope, we got time for that.
4: No, I'm from South Central. I ain't never heard no damn cicada before, <laughs> except on the movie.
5: <laughs>
0: Can can we take this back a a little bit and make it a little heavy because you had mentioned kind of growing up how hard it is and being in the wrestling industry isn't the easiest way. Do you feel like that built up fortitude for you to be successful in the wrestling industry?
4: Yeah, probably because I went through a lot of shit coming up going through foster care because like the, the way I got into it when I was three months old, my mom was on some drugs and fucking, she set the house on fire. And that's why my hand, I got burnt here, somewhere on my face, on my arm, on my leg. And I, the only person I knew as my mom was my foster mom. And she had me up until July 3rd, 2000. And she passed, 2001, she passed away on me when I was 14. So I had to go through a lot of shit. I moved in with her sister. They didn't treat me right. They fucking put me back in the system. And I was at this other place where they had, alarms on the refrigerators and like motion sensors and shit. So I'm up in the top bunk and I turn over, I hear it go beep, beep, beep. And I'm stuck with all these kids. I don't know, still in my shit, but I'm like, all right, it's all right. It's, I got to get through this and was waiting for Monday and Friday to come around. Cause that's when we had Monday night raw and Smackdown to pass the time and TNA on Wednesday. So I'm like, all right, I could get away from these people. So it's like, if I could get through all that shit, wrestling ain't nothing to me cuz I've been through it my whole damn life.
1: Man. Wow, this is this is real in, inspirational right here. You know, I'm a high school baseball coach now and listening to your st- story, your upbringing and how successful you become, you know, I mean, you are an inspiration especially for the black race, but for all, really, anybody that has that struggle, you know, you you sh- you show how to persevere and that's why you're a successful wrestler now. How does that play into? I'm not even gonna call the character because you're the exact same guy that I see on TV that <laughs> that that we're talking to right now. It's just like yeah. you get you just not using profanity on television.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I wish I could so people could see the real beat. They be go, like, oh Willie Mack can't cut no promo because they hold me back. I can't see my shit.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Come on, PD.
4: Come on, T. Come on, they can bleep me out. We got some good-ass producers and editors and shit in the office. I've seen them. I know them.
3: (laughs) Willie, I give you the authority and the (laughs) on TV, so go ahead. Yes. They're just going to say cut, do it again, but don't swear. (laughs) I I know. I know. I hate it. (laughs) Hey, so, Willie. like
5: to produce, like, a Willie, though? Like, from you, from your aspect, because you've been on both wrestling him, but also to – because obviously, it sounds to me like it's like a lot easier. Pretty, you know what to do. Like you were explaining before about being an agent, but also producing. When you got a guy like Willie, it seems like it writes its own. Yeah, you no, know, it
3: really does. He's whenever I have a, a like a Willie Mac match on my, uh, you know, on my on my run sheet, uh, I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, cause like, I know, I know Willie, I. <laughs> He knows where the cameras are. Like he knows his his gimmick. He knows what he's doing. I know he's gonna have great facial expressions. I know he's gonna hit all his, you know, stuff that he does. He does it the right way. I don't have to, you, you just don't have to worry when Willie's in the ring. And that's probably why, like, you know, like after a short time with the company, they put him as X division champion right away. I mean, like that that's somebody that you want, that you know can rely on having a good match all the time, knows what he's doing out there. Um, and that's good, but hey, X Division Championship, one-time X Division champion. I'm super pissed that I wasn't there in 2020 when you won it, because I was a like a huge advocate of yours, and like even when you first came in, I think it was wasn't your debut like a Bound for Glory of like yeah with like you and was it Rich against Ethan Page and
4: and Matt Sydal
3: and Matt Seidel, that's right. And I got to yep. produce that match; it was awesome, like another treat that I got to produce. But fast forward, it, it was probably like mid. 2020, and they said they, they, they gave you the X Division title. You won the X Division title. Did they tell you beforehand? I know how mine went, so I just always wonder how, you know, how, how they tell you and give you the heads up. Did you just show up one day and like, hey, you're winning the X title today?
4: Pretty much, like, pretty much right up until my fucking match was about to happen. I don't know what the hell was going on. You get these emails like, all right, we building up towards you and Ace. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go up in there and do my best to see what the hell happened. And they're like, all right, Willie Mack up. I'm like, the fuck?
3: I'm you like, go like, shit. You go, pretty much- up, right? Uh, is this non-title match, right? That, that's what I thought, too.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was like, Willie Mack up. I'm like, all right, wait. That's for the title. Oh, shit. They about to, all right, let's see what they about to do.
5: <laughs>
0: okay. On that note, though, your first night with the title, you hear all these stories did you, did you treat it special? Did you, you know, did you sit and look at it at home? The, the, the quiet moments, you know, you're sitting here with a guy who's won the Stanley cup four times, you know, everybody here on the show has been accomplished. You're an X division champion. When you get the belt, you're all alone. This is where you want to be your word for your family life. What was those moments like?
4: Well, it was fucking sweet. Well, it kind of sucked at first because, like, I heard the one, two, three. I'm celebrating like fuck yeah! I looked at the belt, but then I'm looking to the crowd to get like some inspiration, some energy. I'm looking, I'm seeing David Pinzer up there like this. I see <laughs> Igor with the gear, and I see the fucking referee up and the camera folks. I'm like, damn, nobody cheering worth the damn. Well, they're gonna be doing it at home.
3: Yeah, yeah. And as
4: soon as I got back to the hotel room, I took pictures. I looked at it. I'm like, damn. Petey had this, AJ had this, Joe had this, Daniels had this, Kurt had it. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: I'm like, fuck. And I'm on the list with all of those people. I went from watching this shit on TV, paying 12 bucks for the Wednesday night pay-per-views, and like, I'm up here as the X Division champion. I'm like, damn, I guess I did something right in life.
0: (laughs) Was it the same as the NWA Championship, that same feeling for you?
4: yeah because it was the nwa and you're thinking like oh hell no my black ass ain't gonna get over there and nashville fairgrounds went up in there all of them folks once they heard that three count they was like fuck yeah willie mack that did it i told you it was gonna do it. they were shaking each other and shit and i'm like damn all these country-ass white folks like my black ass fuck <laughs> it. i'm like damn i didn't think they was gonna give a fucking two shakes of a rat's ass about me but there we go
2: nice well you know one of the, one, my favorite match of this last pay-per-view was the the, the triple threat revolver match mm-hmm. I, lo- I love the whole concept of that i think i was texting with pd going this is amazing you know because there's so many things that you can do and i mean obviously you know I was, I was a little bummed out because you know number one your trunk your trunk choice that night was was superb um I love your trunks bro I know I don't know if that's weird for another man to say to another man, but your trunks are, are on point especially not you the ones with the, with the kanji on the back that just the other night those were sick. okay so now I'm getting that out of the way. The triple threat revolver the one of the things that you that you mentioned earlier was the versatility that you have as a professional wrestler and you've also I mean I could see you as you know going over on moose. I can see you as the X-Division champion. I can see you as the tag team champion. I can see see you holding all of those belts. Is there something for you, besides the, since you've been the X-Division t- champion as a singles, is there another singles belt that you, or you're or you like, whoa, I need, that's my next uh, uh, goal? Well,
4: since there's two of them floating around, I like to get a shot at the Impact World title and the fucking TNA title because those are the two top dogs right now. And the TNA title has so much history behind it. Be like, fuck yeah, I want my name on that list too. So people could be like, when I die, be like, oh, Willie Mac had that. So to let me know that I actually did something.
2: Well, I can see it's almost as if it writes itself, you and Swan. And you could do a whole thing together. I mean, I don't know, Petey, just, just throwing that out there, since you might know people. But I mean, Makes it, it, it could make only make too much <laughs> sense. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be baby face and heel, you know what I mean? Hey, La- hey Lars, do- how about how
1: about this? How about a triple threat with the impact? And I love how you bring up the TNA title because you're recognizing it as a title that Moose has been carrying, how that triple threat match with you three, that's, man,
2: like, Lars, you were saying, it writes itself. It does. I mean, I can even see. I don't know if I was writing it, and I'm just throwing it out there. Give one of you guys the X division, and then you do a, a triple threat match for the 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 what do they call it? The triple crown. You got a triple crown of TNA huh. or Impact. I mean, come on, PD, hire me. I'm not doing shit here at all.
4: <laughs> that would be sweet. Let's had do it. I mean, have... Add an Impact title on one hand, the TNA title on the X right in the middle. Be like, X. (laughs) Hey,
1: do like
3: Bobby Lashley did? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, that's right. He did have all them belts at once, too. So did uh, the Kurt Angle. I think he was the first one. Yeah. And he had to defend them all in in one night or something like that. And I think he lost, like, the tags and the X and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, he lost the tags. He lost the X to Jay Lethal. But he kept the world title against Sting at at the very end of the night. I don't see how
3: the hell he had three matches. I, I don't and you remember that I worked for the company and I barely remember that.
5: But
4: you remember <laughs> it, right?
3: I'm a fan. I watch everything. I, I gotta I, keep I, that shit up there. So hey, speaking of fans, all right, I know I know. Uh, probably just like me, big Rob Van Dam fan, right? Growing up, probably yeah. yeah. So and I I remember you guys your match uh in Windsor. It was a oh yeah, match. and I don't know. I thought he knocked you out at one point, man. You guys were really you know slugging up. What was it like? What did it mean to you? to wrestle Rob? And, like, what did you think of the match?
4: That was my second time wrestling Rob because I wrestled him
3: before in Cali
4: at some company called PCW. And it was for the PCW Heavyweight Championship. And I'm like, damn, I remember fucking creating myself on the video games to play against Rob and damn, that's actually happening. (laughs) It felt good. Like, he got all this shit in. I put my little tweaks on shit. And it felt good, except I fucking hurt one of my, hurt my shoulder. That's what it was. I
3: remember. Yeah. You came on you hard, man. I remember. Oh man. And you were, (laughs) that was like halfway through the match too. You still had to get all through the match. eh? I I give it to you, Willie. Hell of a match.
1: Hey, you got to (laughs) finish. Hey, Willie, has the business side of wrestling hurt your love for the business or are you still a fan and watch everything?
4: Uh, Well, at one point, I stopped for a hot second because of the whole WWE thingy when I got released. But then after that, I'm like, fuck it. I ain't going to make nobody hate wrestling. So I kept watching and watching because I got friends and every company is weird. And I want to see what's happening, keep myself up to date in the loop. So I'm not out of touch with shit.
2: Now that you got, you know, the new Japan things happening, the AEW things happening, you know, here we are with this, sort of uncharted territory to, in a in, in manner of speaking. Is there, is there guys in in those those promotions that you would like to get into the ring with now that you have the opportunity?
4: Hell yes, a bunch of people. I like the Russell Shingo because cool. Shingo was a match that I wanted when I went over to Dragon Gate, but I didn't know that was his last time in Dragon Gate before he went to New Japan. So hopefully we can run that match because I only wrestled in like a multi-man tag match. And the AEW, hmm, it's a few people I like to work with. Cage again, or take that back, Eddie Kingston. I've yet to wrestle that dude, and I've known him for so many years. I'm like Eddie, when we gonna have a match, man. I know you need to tell these promoters something. I'm like, I ain't got no poor fool. You've been in the business longer than me. You should say something. They'll listen to you.
1: Yeah. All right,
3: I guess I got to book that match too. Then guys, you guys are putting no. a lot of work on me right now. You
1: know, I'm here job easy. <laughs>
3: I guess this just writes itself. I've ne- I've known Eddie for I don't know twenty years too, and I don't think I've ever wrestled him either. That's just that's odd. Like, and like for example, uh, Samoa Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Next division, same time I was. Believe it or not, I've never wrestled him in a singles match. I've done tags. I know it's it's shocking. Never wrestled him in a singles match. Mm-hmm. Multiple tags with them. Is there anybody that like you're shocked besides Eddie Kingston that you haven't wrestled? that you're like oh man I'm I'm with them all the time and I've done tags and all this kind of stuff but never a, like a singles match shit Eddie Edwards Really? You know yeah. i wrestled Eddie Edwards. I've
4: wrestled, wrestled him in him. like the same thing like house of hardcore in a three man match but never that genuine one on one match.
3: Okay. What about uh have you ever wrestled uh Sammy Callahan? Multiple times. Okay, I was wondering cuz he's wrestled everybody. And- mhm. But I've never had a singles match with him, ever. Are you so. almost done, mm. Jason Kendall? What's that? Are you almost done, Jason Kendall? Sorry. We're, we're oh. reminiscing. On, I'm asking him about uh, his matchups and stuff. You go ahead, Dennis.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my mic off now. Press <laughs> well, you. Yeah. You've wrestled all around the world. And I know the world looks at us sometimes, as the Americans, as hillbillies of the world sometimes. But what do wrestling fans look as American wrestling fans like? Because I've always wondered this, and I almost had the chance to ask uh, Grado this, and I it slipped through my fingers. I didn't get the opportunity, but I always wondered what the the rest of the wrestling world looks at the American wrestling fans like.
4: Hmm. I can't say I might hurt some people' feelings it. because there's some cool ones, oh, and you got okay. them ones. That'll stalk your ass and ask you some random out it sounds good in their head, but when they it comes out, you hear it, you'd be like, What the fuck did you say? (laughs) Like that kind of shit like that. (laughs) But I'm trying to be nice to everybody because I'm I don't know, I'm a nice dude. I'm too nice.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, last time you were on the air or on the podcast, you gave out your gamer tag to to everybody. So I mean that is super nice.
4: Hey, they be hitting me up. I got like a thousand friend requests and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do you
5: have a favorite guy that you wrestled, Willie? Really? Like when it's just like because you wrestled so many times or like you're always pushing new boundaries or that would seem as a. you got it that guy when it comes up?
4: It's actually a couple. It's Brian Cage is one. Yeah. And then another one I had some bangers up and down Cali it was too cold. I mean, uh, Scorpio Scott.
5: Mm-hmm. that's all that's all so so would it happen that like the more you get comfortable then that's when you try and go you know like you said oh backflip's working today let's try the corkscrew let's try this let's try that because your comfortability that's unbelievable you two guys that size it's mm-hmm. it's crazy i think it goes to show you how what great athletes you guys really are
4: that's- yeah because we go in there we're like all right we did this last time let's see if we could do a little bit different, add a little bit more. All right, we have another match. See what else we didn't do. And then just fucking make it like, kind of like the best ofs, but push to the extremes. And like, it had the people feeling good and have us feeling good after, even though my black ass be sore, cause Brian Cage like to do a lot of lifting and throwing. I'm like, man, come on, I'm 285 pounds. I can't be going okay.
1: through this shit every time. <laughs> Uh, that's hey, that's good to hear though. <laughs> hey Willie, this is a non-wrestling question. I'm just curious because I'm a well, I ain't as big as I used to be when I played. And I used to love me some oxtail. I love soul food and stuff. So what what, what what's your diet
4: like? <laughs> <laughs> well, right now I just got down on some fucking crumble donuts, and some some strawberry nest
1: quick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Hey. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I just see I got I'm on a seafood diet. I seafood and eat the shit. I don't care. I don't stick to nothing. it's like, all right, I'm gonna burn it off in the ring. I don't care.
1: <laughs> That's my mentality when my when I play, but MLB wasn't trying to play that shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> How you looking like fucking Damian Wance from the Great White Hype. Remember that motherfucker oh. had that? Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're trying to embarrass me on TV. Yo, national TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: shit.
4: <laughs> yep.
0: Well, Dennis, you well, wanna... I've, I've got tons of questions. I'm Let's go, go. jump in. All right. Well, listen is the gamer version of you? Because you and I are both video game fans. I grew up on WCW versus NWO and you know Ooh. WrestleMania 2000 and all that stuff. I, th- Those were the games where you really got in and could create yourself, the version of you or the character. And you had mentioned how you created yourself and you wrestled around Van Dam. Are you in the ring now like the wrestler version of you you wanted to create?
4: Somewhat. So far, I'm just waiting until I get older and can't do half the shit no more. But, yeah, I'm pretty much always create your player. Oh, I'm at 100 stats. Hell yeah, 100 uh, charisma, 100 stamina, 100 everything. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at right now.
0: Uh, one more question, and then I'm going to concede and let everybody else ask <laughs> Did you have you always been Willie Mac or did you have any gimmicks when you were running through the in, indie circuit?
4: Well, I've always been Willy Mac, but except for like at this one spot called Lucha Boom, I was Willie Mac. They said, oh, you did a little flavor on your name or something like that. So they came up with chocolate caliente, which is hot chocolate in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I had the fucking purple robe with the fuzzy boots and the purple shit. And I just went up there and shook my ass and did my thing and said, hey, tu quiero chocolate, mommy?" And just, yeah, it was fun as fuck. Uh,
0: it's awesome. Guys, I mean I got tons more questions. So jump in.
1: I got I got one last question. You had a pick with the peace sign in it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I got that up on my shelf somewhere on my other Afro picks. I got a bunch of them. Except for like when I go to Mexico, I gotta take the plastic one because I think it's a weapon. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm gonna do pick out the pilot's hair and make them look good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
4: like it's a comb. It's for your hair. <laughs> no can't take it Shit <laughs> Now nah, I gotta go to a beauty shop Or go on Amazon and buy them shit some bulk
0: <laughs> are, are you I a, did that before <laughs> Are you a memorabilia collector? Do you Because as as a wrestling fan Once again You know you get into the wrestling cards Or the figures Or even your know, personal memorabilia Because you've been in the ring With some very notable guys Are you a guy that kind of collects and, and saves things? Yeah
4: like I always collect a flyer or a ticket stub at an event that I'm at, and I have them sealed up in like a little Ziploc bag and put it away in the spot with all of them to remember my shit to what I did, because I know when I get old, I ain't going to remember half this stuff. Be like, look. Be like, look, here's what your daddy did back in 2021. Like shit <laughs> like
3: that.
4: As a matter of fact, I got one of my homies' masks that I wrestled, you know, uh Laredo kid? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of this badass mask. I'm gonna show it to you right now. Hold on. Yes, go All
0: get right. it. Yeah, This is awesome. This this is oh
4: my god. <laughs> I just got this when I wrestled them out in uh Odessa, Texas. It's a Laredo Kid oh, slash dang. La Parker mask. It's a tribute mask. This shit looks Ooh, sick, huh? Yeah. Oh
5: wow. Wow.
0: I don't know how you dang. keep these
4: damn things up.
0: <laughs> Have you thought about donning a mask maybe once for just a special paper per view to come out in?
4: Oh hell yeah, I want to, but I got this damn afro, so that shit'll be kind of tough to get on. <laughs> Simba what's your black ass one with your nose? ass? You see my nosy ass cat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? Somebody. For for one match, I think it would be worth it because I us as fans, we pop when wrestlers come out to you a special kind of entrance or to, to spice it up on a, on a special pay-per-view, maybe like a next bound for glory. You got to come out with like some sort of luchador theme.
4: Uh, I might, I gotta just come up or see somebody if they got a good design for me to have, maybe an open top mask or something. Cause every pay-per-view, if you Ooh, know, would be sick. Every yeah. pay-per-view I always had the contacts and like the different gear. So we'll see what happens.
1: You said open open throat and open beard. Yeah. Yeah. And then cover everything else. Yeah. Come on, Petey.
3: I like it. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a mask like that before. So okay. like a bas
5: like a basketball mask, you know, like they break the nose, sort of, but it's all out of, and let the hair go. Yeah. Yeah,
3: like the anti-mask, like when Ren yeah. Mysterio and like yeah. hoping
5: them got mask, but they come out
4: with a special interest mask and take it off.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it. There's so many good ideas, Willie. I well, love it. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're not on the, the, the booking team, the creative <laughs> team.
4: <laughs> I wanted to do a gimmick where, like, if I beat people, I'll be like a fucking race car driver. You know how I add sponsors? Yeah. Like, you yeah. beat somebody, <laughs> take, like, a piece of their gear and yeah. fucking have your gear be plain, but have a piece of theirs. So you just go around collecting people's shit and you like, a chameleon pretty much. Well,
2: you know I what like you, it. It? you can do You can do the whole mask thing like you're talking about the race car driver. You just go beat up suicide. Then you got a mask and you got a whole thing. You You can't beat up suicide.
3: Willie is suicide, guys. Come on.
2: (laughs) Well, you can always take off (laughs) the body. I mean, the body's a dead giveaway. Thanks a lot, Petey. Spoiler.
3: Thanks a lot. (laughs) Oh, Petey Petey writing down everything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm running out of paper, guys.
2: Damn. Well, one, one of the things, my last question for you, Willie, um, because you know one of the things I loved about this podcast and I love now so much more about you is that we're all wrestling fans and it doesn't matter yeah. wh- where where we're all from, doesn't matter. We're all here because we love this thing, professional wrestling. And that's what makes me feel so special as a fan. So do you think, because we've had people on here who, not necess- who weren't necessarily profess- professional wrestling fans, do you think as a fan now being in the ring, that has helped you in any way?
4: Yeah, because I knew what I liked and what I didn't like. And you look at the business totally different. Like when you step in there, just like your music, you go out there and you're doing it. And since you are part of it now, you understand, all right, this is what I need to do. Look at the clock, see how much time I got left in the set, shit like that. So it makes you appreciate everything, like all them long ass taping days, like once we get it done with, it's like, fuck yeah, I accomplished it. I can't wait to see it on TV and you critique your shit. And you be like, I could have did this better. Or this looked kind of slower. No, that look pretty nice. Like, it's always good to have that to look back at.
0: You, we talked about this at the beginning. Dimitri's made a, uh, a, a talk about this a little bit. Was, once again, Mac Stryker's reference to you and Dimitri Young. Did you... When that first happened, did you ever really catch it? Did you have to look up who Dimitri was? I don't know if you're a sports fan or not. And the fact that he's sitting here now, and even on this last set of tapings where Stryker threw out the old, you know, he's a mixture of Dimitri Young and, uh, you know, Junkyard So, So now being here and actually finally getting to meet one of the guys you're compared to, does it kind of click?
4: Yeah, it kind of does because I'll be honest. When Stryker told me that shit and said, it, "I'm like the fuck," Dimitri Young put off the Google machine and was like, "Oh, okay, baseball player. Okay, oh, Andy Black, fuck it." <laughs> <laughs>
5: hey,
1: and, it. and I'm ju- and I'm just as athletic as you are. I can't do the backflips and all that You're shit, not. but I was a big guy and I used to run fast, hit the ball hard. And I used to smile like how you are you smiling now. So I I'm, this is this is you in the future right here. You are gonna cut that <laughs> off? because Your beard, gonna, your beard gonna become chrome. It's gonna be chrome, not silver. That's the old people. Our stuff is chrome because we grew up in the chrome generation. You're gonna cut your hair a little bit, keep it nice and neat. And Maybe. I still eat the same shit
4: though. Yeah, maybe my hair getting there. Fucking I might have had a grown ass man haircut in a minute, looking like Kimbo Slice or George Jefferson and shit. <laughs> oh
1: no, you ain't say George Jefferson. Hey, <laughs> I'll be, be walking up in that motherfucker like I don't give a fuck. With, the, with the
4: cul-de-sac. <laughs> the cul de sac. Got that, uh, that Friar Tuck haircut. Oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 i got i got one last question willie and this is uh do you have a plan sometimes i just said guys are like i got five years left 10 years do you have you know like you said do you have a goal to wrestle in mind or just as long as it's uh your body's able to you're gonna be out there because you love it
4: well as long as i'm able to because i'll be this is a inside secret that I've been telling myself every year I said I was going to quit.
5: Mm.
4: Like, I was like, all right, when I turn 30, I'm stopping. 30 came. Hey, you want to do this show? All right, fuck it. You want to be, oh, you want to go to Japan? All right, cool. Hey, you want to sign this contract for a few years? Shit. All right. <laughs> And it's like, I'm still around in this motherfucker. So, we'll see what happens. Run around like Ric Flair, all flabby and shit, still trying to do some flips.
5: Yeah, but bro, you can pull it off because you got that 100 charisma, bro. That's not the video game. That's the real person. It's been absolute pleasure, bro.
0: Lars, hang on, Lars. Uh, For everybody at home, uh, the show will end here in a minute. For us, we're going to hang out and talk. But Lars, Lars made a a choice to move around his day to be here for this interview because you're one of his favorite people and a I want Lars to wrap the show up b I want Lars to have the last few minutes with you because uh it it really was touching for me on what Lars had to do to be here tonight and the fact that Lars only got a couple questions in I want to make sure that this last few minutes is with Lars and Willie so Lars now that you have singled me out, and I and I and, and and I don't have any more questions for him, I feel like an asshole. Well, just talk to him. Say <laughs> hi. Introduce yourself. Hi,
2: Willie. How you doing? Listen, the only thing I, that I that I ask is is that if you ever get rid of those pink and black trunks that you wear the other night, that, that my name are on them. Oh, all right. I'll see what's up. I can get maybe, some homemade. Maybe we can make a trade or something like that.
4: Oh, cool shit! Hell yeah. Cause fucking, I can't wait till everything opened back up and hopefully I can see you again in concert. Cause that shit was fun. It was you guys and Iron Lincoln and some shit like that. And Pennywise.
0: Yeah, that yeah, shit yeah. was yep.
4: fun. Right. See so, my black ass in the mosh pit all dressed nice. And it was up there like, fuck yeah. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit. I'm like, don't step on the shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you live, I mean, I don't know if we can air that, but do you live in Vegas?
4: Yeah, I am living in Vegas right now. I've been here for seven years. Yeah, seven going on eight years. Because it's well, a lot cheaper we- than L.A. Yeah.
2: Well, next time we come through, bro, you don't have to be out in the pit unless you want to.
4: Oh, fuck yeah, I get down and dirty. I don't care.
2: Well, no, but we got to at least meet and hang out. You know what
4: I mean? Oh, hell yeah, for sure.
1: Cool. Hey, 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 let me know when, you, when, when this all clears up so you won't be the only brother in the mosh pit.
2: You know what, Dimitri, you're invited. Listen, listen. Vegas ain't that far away from you. We can. You know what? Oh, I'll drive I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll rent a car and I'll pick you two up and we'll drive to the show together. Oh shit! Yeah. Hey, I'm down. I and,
4: clear well, my schedule. I guess I've been I'll in the
2: minespin to-
5: since I was 18. Listen, <laughs> I guess I'll have to fly into Vegas there to make sure you, you guys can take care of yourselves, but. Hey. Uh, i've been in one or two thousand mosh pits in my day i'm willing to get the boots back out if you
2: need them hell
5: yeah
2: if, hell you, yeah. if hey. you're free with your busy schedule you know giving the canadian destroyer to somebody or something if you can you know come on out and visit us dennis you know what i mean you're always invited but you're the last one i'm gonna invite <laughs> I'm just kidding but dennis getting down
4: in all those pits fucking body count pits tech nine pits icp oh, pits yeah. fucking twisted hot mouth kings i was like oh hell yeah come on the,
2: one of the, the body i went into i saw body count went into that was one of the most i mean I've, I've been in some gnarly pits in my life okay you know that's kind of where that's where all the aggression is it's kind of you know that's where the energy is is right there in the center you know what i mean and it's also a family atmosphere so in that sense, well, yeah, it's freaking violent, but if you fall down, someone's there to pick you oh, up. Hell yeah. And even if you get punched in the face, it's not beef, right? It's just, it is just, is what it is.
5: <laughs> but mm-hmm. body count,
2: mm-hmm. I swear to God, I thought I was gonna die. And I was like, I, at that time, you know, I was young. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm still pretty virile, but my point is I was like 20 or something like that. And I was in there and I was just like, oh my God, I'm gonna get killed right now because just of the insanity, you know, because that—I mean, that's that's that band just pissed everybody off, and that was—they <laughs> were punker than shit. I'm sorry, but that that band was next level. You know what I mean?
4: I got lucky to see them at the Key Club when they did like a reunion show or some yeah. shit. Yep. Yeah. 2004, I think it was. Yeah, I was uh, just right out of high school.
2: Well, see, I saw Ice-T, my friend Wade Mendoza, he had two turntables and a microphone, you know, he was into that stuff, and he turned me on to all the rap music, and I went and saw Ice-T, the Egyptian Lover, African Bombada, and the Soul Sonic Force, and Houdini, and it was all at one show, at one step beyond, in Santa Clara, I was the only white kid in the audience, and I had a blast, you know what I mean, it was like, I mean, it, it wasn't about that. It was about the music, and that's what I, why I always took to hip hop too. Because, you know, it was punk rock. It was just, you know, you know, if you listen to, you know, the, the Sugar Hill Gang and all that stuff. And I know I'm dating the fuck out of myself right now.
1: But the first, <laughs> we the first, all old.
2: The, for the first political song of the '80s was a was a, was a hip hop song. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's that's a whole other podcast.
4: Another crazy-ass pit was when I was at a 3-6 Mafia concert. I was like, what? 3-6 <laughs> Mafia had one? Yeah. yeah. They ended up, mm. they had pits like, we've got to start oh, a mosh pit up in this pit, start a pit. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit.
1: Whoa.
2: Well, I got I Well, mean, street music is street music. You know what I mean? If it comes from that place, if you come yeah. from that place, you identify with it. It doesn't, it 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 crosses all boundaries. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what i love about music it's like aretha franklin is just as street as the clash who's just as street as run dmc who's just as street as any you know what i'm saying it's like doesn't it's like matter re- like wrestling too
5: you exactly. know the true the, the true the true like like willie like everything about his guy right is the genuine real deal of what he is whereas opposed you know like we had uh we interviewed mjf that was a treat you know, oh, yeah. so so, so that was it that was it that was a treat, right? Dennis. Oh, Dennis okay. didn't get to talk the whole time <laughs> Don't shut up, but, but that's I- but that's the beauty, right? Where you understand that that's music at its two alternatives, wrestling at its two alternatives, but yet the message really is the same, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of the ways. so that's that's the cool thing that we can all like back to what Lars said about us all. You know, being brought together through wrestling. It's awesome to see that you love it. and and something that got you through the toughest times in your life. now you're giving back to us through it. It's like a vessel. It's really cool, man.
4: Shit. Really. that's what I'm trying to do cause it's like somebody could be like, lost a job, laid on rent, somebody in the hospital or some shit. as long as you are in the arena and my presence while I'm out there doing my match, I don't want you to think about shit else but what I'm doing. So, when you leave the show and go back to the real world, be like, fuck, that match was fucking good. And if I did that, I did my job. And that's what I'm about here to do to entertain folks.
5: Uh, Amen, bro. While you do, my eyes.
0: Yeah. Large, send us home.
2: Well, you know, you set us home, man. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm. Okay, Uh, I'll do it. Yes, Pete.
3: No, I was just going to (laughs) say, If, if nobody was going to send him home or whatever, but Willie, uh, I just want you to know, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, it's a, a real treat. It's guys like you, man. You're one of the guys that just makes me love my job and want to go to work all the time and see in the locker room. Uh, oh shit. You're one of those guys, you know what I'm saying, man, ever since day one, but uh, where, uh, where can people find you on social media and stuff like that shirts and all that?
4: Oh, hit me up. Willie underscore Mac on Instagram and Twitter. Willie Mac official is my Facebook fan page. And what else I got? Oh, pro wrestling tees Willie Mac, buy my shit so I can feed these cats. You see this uh, motherfucker right here? I got yeah, to feed his ass. I got cats, I'm about, a, Virgil, I'm a dragon, and that. a turtle. So go it. ahead and do that shit and thank y'all for having me on.
0: Well, for everybody on the podcast, it's over. For everybody here doing it, uh, we're going to hit stop, and we're going to geek out over Willie Mac for a few minutes before we (laughs) come home. So uh, good night and goodbye.